Hallelujah. By His grace and for His glory. Can the church say amen? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The children. And uh, so good to see all the children that are here this evening. Young people. Saw some way in the back there. And they're going to be our amen section. I think it's about five, seven, eight young men in the back there. So we're calling on them to be the ameners. And, okay. And uh, that's great. So good to have all of you out that we can come worship the Lord. And I saw a couple of people that were kind of yawning tonight. They were coming in and probably just after afternoon naps and all kind of stuff, you know. One looked a little exhausted, mind me of the lady that dreamt about her muffler all night long and woke up exhausted. So anyhow, <laughs> I don't know if it was her or not. And then was the lady back there. She was asking me about, about I think it's really new because she said who's preaching. I said, my wife's husband. And she looked around to see where he is. And I said, well, she hadn't met him yet. So anyhow, so. So that be he. So we will, we will just uh, go from there. But isn't it wonderful to be able to come together and worship the Lord in this way and learn from the Lord and learn from one another. Oh, what a blessed evening God gave us again last night. I was on the phone with my sweetheart for a while and daughter Carolyn and they kept texting back and uh, sharing and encouraging. It was just such a, uh, such a great blessing um, to, 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 to the glory of God. And uh, by the way, tomorrow evening, if you, if you enjoy harmonica, if you enjoy really good harmonica playing, you've heard some good harmonica players in country music, but there's going to be a gentleman here tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and one of the best harmonica players we have ever come across. And they play, he plays harmonica, plays piano, plays uh, guitar, and his wife, they have a number of recordings, and you're going to be in for a real treat for the special singing, but talk about a real treat. Have these Miller children been a special treat? Woo! Whoa! What a blessing to the glory of God. I just, just so blessed. Not only the singing, but they're just so, uh, they're so willing, so helpful. Uh, Derek's running a PowerPoint back there. Kyle, he's working on getting the CDs ready night after night. And Eugene's working on all the technical sound and all that stuff. They all have their part. And when you ask them to do something, they're always like, yes, yes, that's fine. That's fine. Yep, that's good, you know. And I should ask them something one time while they'll say, well, no. You know, but I'll, anyhow. But thank you all so much for, for what you do. It really, really, it really is so meaningful. And uh, we thank God. And all you that are helping here, the ushers, car parkers, all the things that, that everybody does to make this. You know, teamwork uh, is what really makes it. Good friend that says teamwork makes the dream work. And uh, really, um, that is what happens. Uh, last evening, uh, and again, tonight, I'm sure there, there's a number of folk that were not here last evening. Uh, and tonight, I asked Derek to put that back up on the screen again, those four words. And it's the word that God takes a life from a mess to a miracle to a message to a ministry. And the mess I shared about last night was that uh, no matter what we say, well, that life was messier than that and so forth. But you know what? In the eyes of the Lord, there's a three-letter word that describes everything. What is it? Sin. He said, all of sin, Romans 3.23, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Everyone is sin and have come short. We cannot attain without Jesus Christ. The next verse says, for the wages of sin is death, separation from God. Friend, if you don't know Christ is your Savior, you are separated from God. Not only physically, but also spiritually. If you would die in your sins, you would forever be separated from God. He said, the wages of sin is death, separation from God. But... The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the greatest gift ever given. It's the gift of God that Jesus gave his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not what? But have what? Wow, you talk about assurance. He said, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you shall not perish, not go to hell, but you shall have everlasting life. The Bible says it goes on to say, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him may be saved. He wants to save us, deliver us, set us free. He's more eager to save us than we are to be saved. He is. He's more eager to set us free than we are to be set free. That's why He came is to unshackle, loose us, set us free so that our life can be taken from a mess to a miracle. The miracle is being born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. Because of Calvary and what Christ has done. Believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the miracle 
of redemption. And then the message is that God has saved me, delivered me, washed me, cleansed me with his precious blood. And I'm on the way to heaven. My name is in the book of life. That becomes ministry. Then you take the message and take it all over the world. Come on, church. Amen. And that's what God wants us to do. He says, I'll take you from a mess. I'll apply the miracle. It's called Jesus Christ and his blood. That is ministry taking place. Then he saves and redeems us. Now go out and apply it in ministry. Become broken bread and spiritual nourishment to the world wherever we go. That's the plan of God. One of the elements I think that, you know, at home we have water running through and down in our basement we have, uh, gets plugged up and we have to clean out the, uh, what do you call it, the filter so that it'll run again. It's good. The water's come dirty and sandy and sluggish. It won't come through. The flow isn't good. There's something there that I'm thinking about this evening that for our lives spiritually that will plug or clog the flow of the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through that it cannot go. It needs cleaning out, and it's, uh, and, and it's our heart. The psalmist David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. One of the things that clogs the heart the greatest, I believe, is the area of reconciliation and forgiveness. Now, last night we touched on it. The whole element of forgiveness, being reconciled to one another and unforgiveness, we touched on it last evening. But I'd like to share about it because I believe that is one of the greatest elements that will clog up the Holy Spirit, keep God from being able to move in our lives, that fruitfulness can come forth, and the greater works that we so desire to do to the glory of God is when there's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness because relationships, when, when, when relationships are not proper, the power of God cannot flow properly. So let me just change it around. The power of God flows through proper relationships. Relationships with our families, with our friends, with our co-workers, those in church, uh, people that we're around, office, whatever it may be. But number one is to go vertical. Is our relationship with God where it needs to be? Do you know tonight, talked about the peace he was talking about. The peace of God. Do you have that peace? After I got saved, we're out ministering in a prison in uh, Arizona. And the prisoner said to me, sir, in one word, what would you say happened when you became a Christian? I said, peace. Peace. Yeah, I said, I never had peace with God. I didn't have peace with my parents. I didn't have peace with my friends. I didn't have peace with anybody. I was not at peace with the law. I was not at peace in my heart. But when Jesus Christ came in, I found the peace that I never experienced before. Hallelujah. Peace. It's the peace of God that passes, he said, all understanding. It's that peace of God. And I want to encourage us tonight. You can turn with me if you will. Turn to Matthew 18. You're very familiar with this passage. But I guess to turn there, I don't have all the verses on PowerPoint here this evening. I have some of the verses there. Now I'm looking for my binoculars again. Where'd I put them? Okay, here I got a pair. About a 150 is what I'm needing. I'm not really in this. 200. Woohoo! <laughs> I can see from back here, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. That's kidding. Just kidding. Hey. Thank you. All right. Hey, it's going to work. All right. <laughs> awesome. Give God a clap offering. Amen. Amen. Now, here, here in Matthew 18, when this set the stage this evening and sharing about forgiveness, I'm going to share some illustrations here tonight. You know, in the world that we live in, uh, all over the world, now I find as I travel, no matter where you go, the possibility of being hurt, rejected, being misused, being abused, falsely accused. All of those things are possible all over the world. It's, it's people just like you and I. It's just a different culture, maybe even different color. But the same things. We were just over there in Africa. Some of the very same things. There, it's just on a different level uh, with different people. But that's the way it is all over the world. And you and I, we don't need to look. We don't need to look very far and look back. You know, for the first funeral was what? Back in Genesis, the very first funeral and... When uh, the parents buried a son, when Cain kills Abel, and the hate, the violence, the anger, the jealousy, the rebellion, the grief, the sorrow, it was all there, very at the very beginning, when sin entered the heart of man. It began there, and it's still going today. And it will be until the day we go home to be with Jesus. And so it started back there, all these grief and the sorrow and so forth. But God has the answer. We're going to look at that here this evening. But here in... Um, in 18, chapter 18, 
And in verse 21, it says, Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, uh, my brother, if a brother, uh, how often a brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus said, I say unto you until seven times seven, till 70 times seven. So seven times seven, 490. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. When he had begun to reckon with them, he brought one unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. For inasmuch as he had to, not to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife, children, all that so forth to be made payment for. The servant therefore fell down. He worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. Then I'll pay you everything. But then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. He loosed him and forgave him the entire debt. The same, in fact, the man knew that he never would be able to really all pay him, so he forgave him the debt. The same servant that was forgiven, that servant went and found another fellow servant which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid, and laid hands on him and took him by the throat, literally, physically, saying, pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down on his feet and brought him and said and besought him and he said have patience with me and i'll pay you what i owe you but he would not and he went and cast him into prison till he would pay the debt so when his fellow servants saw what was done they were so sorry and came and told their master their lord the owner they went and told him what happened then the lord after he heard this he said oh thou wicked servant I forgave you all that debt because you asked me, you desired, you, you asked me if I would. Should you not have also have compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had on you? And this Lord, this master, he was wroth, he was angry and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your, what's next, heart, forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Wow. Said you owed him that huge debt. You forgave, you were forgiven for the huge debt. But you get somebody who owed you very little. And you said, I'm taking you by the throat. I'm going to throw you in prison till you pay it all. So the master says, you wicked servant. He was a servant. Maybe a church-going folk. He was a servant. You are wicked. Unforgiveness is wicked in the eyes of God. You wicked servant. You shouldn't have done that. And then they said, take him. And put him into the tormentors, prison tormentors. Until he comes to the place. Really, what he's doing is, he's saying, put him into the tormentors. Until you, you must forgive from your heart. Put him in the tormentors till everything has been paid. Then he goes on to say, likewise. He says, to everyone else, he said, you must forgive from your hearts everyone his brother their trespasses. What are the tormentors? The best I understand, the tormentors are things like bitterness and worry and anger and depression, fear. These are tormentors that God allows in our lives to bring us to repentance. That we come to the place of saying, oh God, I can't go on like this anymore. I have fear, depression, worry, uh, discouragement, all of these things. God is saying, is there somebody you need to forgive? Have you forgotten? Tormentors, things that torment us and don't allow us, doesn't allow us to have peace in our heart. When there's unforgiveness. He said, put him to the tormentors until he's ready to forgive. Tormentors. Some we should look at a little more. It's like, what are those tormentors and how do those, how do those tormentors work? But then he, Peter was saying seven or 70 times seven, 490. Jesus was not saying once it's 490, then you don't have to anymore. But he's really saying you must forgive as often as is necessary because that's what Jesus does for you and for me. He forgives us. This, this, this illustration is also an illustration of Jesus Christ on the cross for you and for me. Paying a price that we could never pay. He paid a debt we couldn't pay. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. He paid it for you and for me. But the magnitude of sin when Jesus went to the cross to give his life. Something that we could not pay. We could not go to the cross and be crucified. Even our blood would not suffice because it was not royal blood from heaven. 
But Jesus, the spotless lamb that died for us. And he wants people to see, to see here, the magnitude of saying, I forgive. So what he's saying here, Jesus also, he's saying, how could we that have been forgiven for our sins hold out on someone else that has wronged us? Have you not been looking at the cross, Jesus is saying? Have we taken our eyes off of the cross? I forgave you all that sin. I forgave you everything of your life and your past. I forgave you. I washed in the blood. And you're saying you're not going to forgive somebody that did something to you here? That's what he's saying here. We've got to look at Jesus. Look at the cross in order to really truly forgive. 26 times in the New Testament, it talks about forgiveness. 23 times it says for us to forgive others. 23 at different times. And uh, there's some sayings. I wanna, just want to read this. Um, forgiveness is better than revenge, for forgiveness is the sign of a gentle nature, but revenge is the sign of a savage nature. If you are suffering from a bad man's injustice, forgive him, lest there be two bad men. Forgiveness is like dimming our headlights. It happens sooner when we take the initiative. Over in Africa, these guys drive at night, keep their headlights on bright, and they just keep them on. And I say, Zed, put them on dim. He said, oh, we, I will let him. I said, no, 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 no. No, they're playing the game. <laughs> and he played the game. Don't put your hand up. Anyhow. No. I said, no, no, no. You teach him by doing it first, and that will teach him that is how you do it. Amen, church. And then, after a vigorous brotherly and sisterly disagreement, our three children retired only to be aroused at 2 a.m. in the morning by a terrific thunderstorm, lightning. Hearing an unusual noise upstairs, I called to find out what was going on. A little voice answered, We are all in the closet forgiving each other. <laughs> I remember a little Amish boy, when I was 11 years old, and I was on the farm watching cattle. Didn't have any fencing there, and I was watching cattle in, in an afternoon, and, and all of a sudden there was a hand that came on. A hand came down, and a hand touched me and said, Nelson. And I'd have a habit of falling asleep watching the cows, and, and Nelson. And I looked up and I saw a white hand. And it went away. I remember running down the hill to the barn. And there I saw my mother and her sister. My sister had come for the day for canning and stuff. And, and mom and her sister were in an argument. Something had happened they didn't agree with. And uh, my aunt, my mother's sister, was packing up the buggy ready to leave and said, yeah, well, we're just going to leave. And I was standing there. And then I said, uh, hey, I just saw something. I, I said, I was up on the hill and this hand came and, and it touched me. As a white, I, I was sleeping and I woke up. It was a white hand. And oh, what else? Anything else? Say anything. I said, just my name. Was there anything else? They got worried and all of a sudden... One of them, my mom or my sister, her sister said, I think we better forgive each other. It could be the end of the world. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe there's more truth to that than we think. We better forgive each other. The end is going to come soon. They forgave each other and peace was made and I still don't know, Paul, Dave, I still, still don't know what God was doing with the white hand, but it was so real. It was so real. The Amish bishop, while we're talking about Amish, the Amish bishop, he left church one day and he, he came out and to hitch up his horse and there were all these stones in the buggy box. And some young men had thrown these big stones in there because there's something they didn't care, didn't like about the bishop. 
So the way to get even with him, load his buggy down with stones. Because somebody's going somebody's to have to throw him out. He goes out and he looks and he sees him and he just takes him and just, he just throws him out and goes home. Twenty years later. Some men that were now married men came to the bishop's house. And they said, Bishop, want to talk. Yeah? Yeah, Bishop, you remember. Back there, a number of years ago now. Well, those stones that were put in, that was us three guys. And we just, it's bothered us. And we just came to say we're sorry that we did that. Can you forgive us? He said, Oh, he said, wow, you've been carrying them stones. I forgave you a long time ago, but you've been carrying them stones for 20 years, seems like. They were carrying the weight of something they'd done wrong all those years, worrying them. Every time they'd see the bishop, like, ah, oh. one day we've got to tell him, you know, does he know it's us? I wonder if he knows it's us, you know. You know what? How many people sit here tonight that are carrying stones of unforgiveness? It's getting heavier, heavier, heavier as years go by. People you'd rather not see because of things that were done that were not proper. Maybe those people don't know even uh, who it was. Um, we're more like beasts when we kill. We're most like men when we judge. We're most like God when we forgive. What about us here this evening? A Turkish soldier had beaten a Christian prisoner till he was only half conscious. And while he was kicking him, he demanded of him, What can your Christ do for you now? The Christian quietly replied, He can give me strength to forgive you. He can give me strength to forgive you. What about us here today? Uh, there's going to be conflict, no matter what. You know, Walter Lippmann, I see all the married couples out here. And it was Walter Lippmann who said, the possibility of two people living together for 25 years without a serious quarrel is a quality only to be admired in sheep. <laughs> Except for Dave and Ruth Ann Miller. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> only in sheep because the possibility is there for every one of us we're in relationships at church in the family in the work wherever it may be the possibility is of relationships becoming torn and strained and, and ruined and so forth and uh, the possibility is there because we still are red-blooded Americans and we're not perfect yet we're not perfect but yet if, it's, if, if we're not under the power of the Holy Spirit and not quick to forgive, you see, those things that can happen so, so, so quickly. And uh, just uh, so many, I mean, even people sitting, sitting here this evening, things that you are facing, is things that you've... Jesus Christ was the greatest example of somebody being ridiculed and rejected and tormented and slapped in the face and spit and all these things that had done to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that were against him. But yet there from the cross, he uttered those words. What was it in Luke chapter 20, uh, 23, verse 34, somewhere in there, where Jesus said those words where he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Sometimes... People hurt us and they don't know. They don't understand how they're hurting us. Sometimes we hurt other people and they don't know. We don't know how we hurt them and so forth. And then if somebody said hurting people hurt other people. But to be willing to make things right and to get a look at Jesus, think so much we have to look at what Jesus went through and what he faced when Jesus was ridiculed, rejected, insulted, humiliated. He was forsaken by his own, misunderstood, betrayed by his friends, verbally abused, physically abused. Nails in hands and feet, crown of thorns upon his head, the spear in his sight. His heart was smitten, his heart was broken. All of those things, some we can identify with. Some forms of abuses, because there are many, but some we cannot. But part of it's a part of life of things that you and I, things that we go through. 
Forgiveness brings healing to the soul, to the mind, to the will, and to the emotions. Unforgiveness makes us a prisoner to those that we don't want to forgive. Actually, it's what it does. And it puts us in a debtor's prison when we're not willing uh, to forgive others uh, in that way. I jotted down some of the uh, things concerning situations of people going through, you know, verbal abuse. Probably one of the most hurtful, what's the scripture there in Proverbs 18, 21? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereby, or eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I wonder how many people here tonight, you know, the word, uh, the word malice, the Bible talks about bitterness. It says, let all bitterness, anger, clamor, evil speaking, all be put away from us. Let it all be put away and be kind and tenderhearted one to another, forgiving one another as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So forgive one another. Well, we have a tutor. Anyhow. Yeah. If somebody's saying, it sounds like your horn. Are you serious? So how many of you come from a different church? <laughs> I was going to see how many hands go up. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. Let's get back on track. But when there are words that are used and so forth, and you say tonight, words like, you are dumb, you are crazy, you are stupid. Uh, I thought I'd talk about uh, somebody saying, you're a failure. But God does not make failures. We fail, but we are not a failure. You can't do anything right. You're weird. You're crazy. You're a mistake. These words are words that hurt. And sometimes in growing up, there's things that happen like that. Where words are used. Somebody said, sticks and stones will break my bones. But words will never harm me. Words hurt. Words cut deep when words are spoken. What kind of words have been spoken to you? Or words that you would speak to other people that are damaging, that are hurtful. He says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. Bitterness, anger that has gone underground and poisons the mind and the heart. Wrath and anger, an intense emotion that often causes me to act irrational, destructive, and sinful. Clamor, a noisy complaining that intends to distract and destroy and bring attention to me and my ideas and hurts. Malice, the inner urge to harm another person with my words and actions. while I enjoy the pain I cause to another person. Some of you have been maliced. Somebody has spoken things that have meant to hurt and to harm you. Said, I want to say this, and I mean it to hurt you. That is a sin in the eyes of the Lord. And it hurts very, very deeply. And then you believe the lie. You're stupid. You're crazy. You're not worth anything. You're a failure. And then the enemy comes and says, you hear that? That's who you really are. And if you believe that lie, that's when a stronghold enters our hearts. And we cannot have anymore. The joy of the Lord is not our strength anymore. We start believing the lies. And the only way to come against that, first of all, we've got to say, who said that? Did God, would God ever say, you're stupid? You're crazy? You're a jerk? You're a no good for nothing? You are dumb? Will God say that to you? Hello? No. The devil will do it, and he'll use people to do it. But God will never say that. He say, I love you. I care about you. You're love you. You're beautiful. I created you in my image. I want you for myself. He speaks words of love and affirmation to us. That's when we have to take authority over that and say, who said that? That's from the enemy. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, it says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds to bring every thought, everything into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. He said everything... Say, Lord, where is this from? If it's not from the Lord, say, I will not receive this. This is not from God. But if somebody says those things to you, to say, Lord, I choose to forgive them. It's like Jesus from the cross. They know not what they do. Father, would you forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. Titus, I believe 
that the Father, that Jesus wanted to see them in heaven with him. Or else he would have not said, Father, forgive them. Because when he said, Father, forgive them, it meant they were forgiven so that they could go to heaven. Just like a thief on the cross beside him. When he said, today you can be with me in paradise to the glory of God. He had others on his mind. He was forgiving them. He forgave that thief. While he had nails in his hands and feet, he forgave him. What about us? Words that are spoken. For some of us, for some tonight, that's a very painful subject. Because you think of a mother or a father or a grandma or a grandma or a grandpa or somebody that very unkind words. When you see that person, it, it does something inside. It hurts. It's painful. If you sit here tonight and you use words like that, uh, friend, toward your children, please, I beg of you, ask God to give you grace and help to change the vocabulary. And to say, I want to call them for who they are and say their name. And be kind. Be loving toward them. Well, that's the way my dad did. Ho, ho, ho. That's where the power of God breaks the generational curses. Right there. That's not the way Jesus does it. Jesus said, speak words of love. Speak words of kindness. Treat them well. Encourage them. Because you say, that's the way so-and-so did it. Don't ever use that as an excuse. If it is not biblical, let the power of God through the Holy Spirit come through and say, Lord, help me to do what is right by the power of God. Amen. Amen. To the glory of God. Start a new generation. Start anew. And say, from now on, with God's help, we want to do it this way. Help us, Jesus, to do it right. Do it in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Physical abuse. It's a subject we don't really want to talk about. But being abused physically. I spoke about it last evening with my dad and, and how that dad would grab something nearby and wherever it was and a strap or something when this went wrong or that and just like, okay, a stick off of a tree, you know, if I be a weeping willow tree or whatever, boom, wham, wham, wham. And we were like, no, no, it wasn't me. No, 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 it wasn't right. That was my brother so far. Didn't matter. You're both just going to get it. Maybe it was one or the other, but you'll just both, you know, cause such anger and bitterness in my heart. I don't like you, Dad. That wasn't fair. Couldn't we have talked? Could we just have talked about it first? But at that point, Dad was not a talker. There was anger that had come in. And you were like... This is not fair. And I shared the story last evening. And of how when my, when I later was 18, leaving home, a heart filled with anger and, and rebellion. And I shared about going. And then when I came to know Christ as my Savior, to go back to my dad. And the Lord enabled us by his grace to make peace so that I could say to my daddy, Daddy, I was sorry. I was wrong for what I did and the way I treated you, Dad. And my daddy said, I forgive you. I said, can you forgive me? And then my daddy said, Nelson, I was wrong. I didn't treat you boys the way I should have. And I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And I said, Dad, I forgive you. I forgive you. And we hugged each other. And the very first time ever, I said to my daddy, I said, I love you. I was 25 years old. I said, I love you. First time ever, my daddy said, I love you too. From that point on, as about 46 years ago, that point on, we keep hugging each other and telling each other we love one another. There's things that dad quit doing and there's things happened to both of our, uh, both of our lives. But just to embrace him and show him love. And today I was thinking about it that, you know, I have 11 siblings, I had 11 siblings. Now three brothers have gone home. One just months ago of cancer in his throat, my younger brother. They're all younger than me. But it seemed like when I started hugging dad and hugging mom, it seemed like some of the other siblings, they were like, oh, that must be okay. So they started hugging dad and hugging mom. And I just saw everybody open up more. I want to ask you tonight if you would be an initiator in your household, your generation. Be an initiator of building relationships. God is looking for initiators who will do that. Peacemakers. 
And that's what God did through Jesus Christ. He initiated for you and for me there at the cross. Last, last week when I was in Africa, I was sharing there and I talked about, about spanking. Because it's really grieved me when I see these people and I see them with their take sticks, anything they have. And they'll, they'll grab something and they'll just smack the child. They'll, they'll take a stick and they will just like anywhere. Like boom, 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 boom. It doesn't matter where. And the child is crying. The child's running. It can't outrun the mother. So the mother catches up and just whips it again. And my heart is absolutely crushed. Their generations have all done it that way. So when I see that, even if we're in a medical clinic, I'll stop everything. And I'll share a little lesson. But this was in a seminar last week where I was sharing there with a number of mothers and fathers. And I said, when you discipline, I gave the story of my dad. And I said, when you discipline, I said, you take them. And I gave, them the, I gave them this illustration because my daughter Carolyn, our daughter Carolyn was there, our second born that I was sharing about last night. And so I gave the story about Carolyn when she was about nine years old. And we were living there in Goshen. Anyhow, and then, and then Sarah had made some kind of soup or whatever, and I overheard she saying, no, I don't want to eat that soup. And I heard Sarah say again, this is what happened for supper. No, I don't want to eat that soup. And I heard it the third time. And about third time, I thought, okay, it's time that Daddy comes and pays attention to what's going on. So I take Carol, and I go to the bedroom. I'm telling the people in Africa this. Carolyn's sitting there listening. As I'm telling this, she's just smiling. She knows what's coming. Anyhow. So I go to the bedroom, and I'm and I sat there, and I said, then I go, and I, I take her there, and, and I tried to explain to them, I did this privately. If you're going to discipline, do it privately. Don't do it where others can see. That is demeaning to a child. Even in front of siblings, take him privately. I took her privately, and then I'm like, honey, you know, you weren't listening to mama. And she wanted you to eat, and it's good soup, and she's crying. And, and, and you know what I have to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to spank you. I need to. And, you know, yeah, like, you know, it hurts me as much as it does you. You know, that kind of thing, anyhow. And I said, you know, I don't want to do this. And then I'm starting to cry because she's crying, you know. And uh, some of us dads had little girls, you know. It's probably me more so than boys. I don't know. Maybe like him right there. So anyhow, and so I'm saying, but I have to do this. And she's like, oh, dad, I'll eat any kind of soup you want me to eat. I said, I know you will, but it's too late. <laughs> so I just had to go, you know, with the stick. Don't use your hand. So they don't despise the hand, they despise the stick, okay? Yeah, bam, 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 bam. She's crying. But then when she gets, and then I'll go and I said, honey, I love you. I love you too, daddy. I was just, you know, that's part of the, the mess being made a miracle turning into ministry that you can share with others. Here's what I used to do, but here's how God has taught me to do it. Just, just let ministry start happening from our lives. Not in, a, not in a way that, you know, makes people feel bad, but just to say, this is something maybe you want to consider and think about. Because you you're thinking about the children and, you know, things that they go through. But I just want just, just to share that this evening, that, you know, when it comes to physical fathers... Be careful how you discipline your children. I remember in one of the meetings, Abe noticed this well, but one of the meetings, somebody, they came and there was a man and he's at the altar and he's praying and he's broken. I go down and say, what's wrong? He said, oh, Nelson, he said, he said, I have been so bad to my boys. He said, I took my boys and I actually put them up against the pole and I wrapped a rope around them and then I took a twitch, a big switch, and I just beat them and I beat them. And they couldn't move. But that was my way of discipline because that's the way my daddy always did us. I said, oh, my Lord. But he said, now the boys are running away. Any wonder? They're running away and they hate me and so forth. And then I can say to him, you know, have you ever forgiven? Have you forgiven your father for what he's done to you? No, he's dead. But I said, still, have you forgiven your father? No. Are you willing to forgive your father for the way he treated you? And after a little while, he said, I didn't think about it that way. But I said, if you forgive, then the Lord is able to forgive you, and the chain is broken when you're willing to do that. And then he did. That's about forgive, and went back to his boys, and God has done a beautiful, has done a beautiful work. I just want to say, 
take steps to understand. If you need to forgive, some of you may be 50, 60, 70 years old, and just something that you remember about your father, I didn't like that, or your mother, this is what she did. Forgive, forgive. Say, Lord, I choose to forgive. I don't want that past to hang on to me. Because I can't move forward when I'm holding on to the past. We will not move forward. We will not be into greater works. We will not be into more fruitfulness if we hold on to the past. We've got to let go. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget that which is behind. And I press forward toward the high calling on the mark in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And Paul could have said, the murderer. I was a murderer. I did all this. He was. But the Lord brought him past that by the grace of God. While you're tonight, and abuse, and physical, and, in, and even your families, children, parents. If there's things God is revealing to you, where you need to say, I'm sorry. Fathers, us fathers need to lead the way in our home. Somebody needs to be the peacemaker, the initiator. But to be able to say words like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Can you forgive me? I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Not say, I hope you can forgive me, move on. No, no. Always make it a question because you want an answer. I'm sorry. For us men, those three words come very hard. And I was wrong. Can you forgive me? I need forgiveness. Can you forgive me? To hear somebody say, yes. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. And if there's something they've done wrong, let them take care of that. Instead of you reminding them. Remember last night? I didn't tell my dad. Now, dad, you know what you did to us. But when I was done asking him for forgiveness, he went on to say, I need, I need forgiveness. Can you forgive me? That was so beautiful. So beautiful. So take initiative. Take initiative. Things that need to change, change it. And uh, by, the, by the grace of God. Um, Leaders, even I had jotted down, even leaders, leaders in churches and ministries and so forth. Uh, when we are peacemakers and forgivers, the followers and those around us are more apt to do the same thing. When they see that we forgive and we're quick to forgive, Jesus said to Matthew 5 5 9, He said, Blessed are the peacemakers because they shall be called the children of How many of you want to be a child of God? You know, a child of God where God says, That's my child. Come on, get your hand up. Yeah. Then if we are, we're going to need to be peacemakers. We have to be peacemakers. Said, you that are peacemakers, you are a child of God. You're one of mine. You're a peacemaker. Go to all ends to be a peacemaker. And then the, um, the others for, in uh, forgiveness. Um, only verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. My sweetheart, last week in Uganda, um, she there at the women's conference was sharing with the ladies what she went through as a little, as a nine-year-old. And how that for 25 years she told no one. It was a friend, family member. That is so often what's happening. Some have come since we've been here with just broken hearts. things in family. And some is so, is so heartbreaking. You don't know how to pray. Where to start? As a 16-year-old in the factory to help my dad, a young Amish boy, never been away from the farm, hardly at all, and help him support the family. And a man says, you go home with me at lunchtime from one of the plain churches. Uh, okay. Went home. But the man had wrong intentions. And I hated him. I hated him. I became a Christian. Uh, some of that is what helped drive me to alcohol, drugs, and just... Bitterness and anger, just running away from anything church. But when he became a Christian, he was on my list. Because I was so angry at him. But I forgave him. I said, God, I forgive him. He wounded my heart, but it didn't wound my body. I choose to forgive him. 
And God gave me grace to do that. I went to this man. It's very sad. I went to this man. Because there's one of the people that I said, God, I don't know when I'm ever going to see him. God said, I'll set it up. He did. I went to a church where we ministered at on a Sunday. And there he was. And in the basement alone, I pulled him aside. This is very sad. And I said to him, remember? Place. Oh, yeah, I said. It made me very angry and bitter at you. I hated you. But Jesus has come in my heart. He has forgiven me for all my sins, and I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. And he said, oh, it's just nothing. It's just, hey, it happens. Everybody's doing it. And that was it. And I walked away. Because unforgiveness has an eternal attach, attached to it. If you forgive not people their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. That's how serious it is. It has eternal uh, consequences that are attached to it. Can we forgive? Tonight God is to some of you here this evening to willing just to come and forgive. There's we so many illustrations this is gonna bring, but get that photo. Uh, This was two weeks ago yesterday in Africa. We made a little cross. It has six nails, three on each side. Cross is about this high. Wood like this and then a piece like this. And here's nails coming out. And all these people had a piece of paper. Some couldn't read or write at all. But we shared just like we're sharing now. People were crying. There's so much hurt and pain. Some from years ago. Physical, verbal, sexual. Terrible abuses. They don't know how to love. So just write on the paper what it is. Who are you forgiving? What are you bringing to the cross of Jesus? And then you come and you just stick the paper in the nails. I wish you could have seen what happened. That's my grandson, 14 years old, standing there holding the cross because so much paper was going in that there was not room anymore for papers, hardly. Children that were seven, eight years old were reaching up sticking papers in there. People that couldn't read or write, I said, just hold your paper and tell Jesus what it is, who it is, and then bring it up and put it in. And I imagine 300 people, they just kept coming and coming and would put papers and that they'd stand there, sometimes put the paper, and they were thinking about what they just had done, then walk back. We had prayer together. We don't have a cross here this evening like that. But tonight, I believe there's a lot of peacemakers in this place. People sitting here tonight that have new vision of what it means to be a peacemaker and have peace with God, peace with others, and, and even the hurts and the pain to... Number one, we acknowledge it to God and say, God, this is really painful. Jesus, this is so painful. You were there when it happened. And forgiveness. There are so many verses that we could have used on forgiveness. You know, forgive us. Uh, and uh, and how we are to forgive others. 
But maybe tonight, whether it's in your family, in your marriage, your home, your church, your business, whatever it may be, but God is bringing people to your mind, to your heart, where there needs to be reconciliation. For some, it's very, very hard. It's painful, very painful. But if you be an initiator and say, Jesus, I'm going to do my part. I just want to come and say, Jesus, I choose to forgive. Could have been years ago. But let Jesus bring freedom to your spirit. When you're saying, Jesus, I'm coming and I want to pray. And also, if you, if you know conditions, if you know situations where right now the relationships are tattered and torn, they're not well, and you want to pray for those people. You want to intercede for those people and bring them to the throne of grace. And you say, Jesus, I am praying for this couple or this single person, this individual, this family. I am praying, Lord, things are not well. And I am interceding on their behalf to restore relationships, God, that they can experience peace. The peace of God peace with one another and experience what God has created us to experience. That we can do that. And come and intercede. You don't need a counselor to pray with you for that. You can come and God's laying people on your heart. Or if there's in your own heart, you just say, God is speaking to me. I just there's steps I need. There's something about coming and kneeling. There's something about it called it stickability that when we come before the Lord in seriousness in that way, it helps us to go away with greater strength and courage and faith to say, I want to walk out what God has put in me. I want to walk forward to do that. I want to go from here to put that into practice, whatever it is. Let's stand together.